Welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Good morning, Stacey. How are you? Good morning, John. I'm doing well. I'm in uh, home, at least for the next two weeks, before we start on the road again in October. And so I'm in North Carolina, and the sun is shining, so that's always good. And uh, I think you're home this week as well, right? We're both writing our little fingers off this week. That's right. I'm putting the finishing touches on the... um, um, I was going. I was going to call it artificial intelligence in uh, HR technology when I started off on the report, and since I haven't been able to find any artificial intelligence in HR technology, I'm starting to call it the emergence of intelligent software because there are amazing things going on, really amazing things. The 30 companies that I've looked at are doing software in new ways. And it's really exciting. It just isn't artificial intelligence, but they are going to some lengths to make the software smarter while reducing the amount of time that people have to spend in the software solving problems. So it's smarter and faster uh, with bigger value to the customer on delivery. And that's interesting, I think. Well, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting opportunity to maybe give a a different perspective to what's happening in the market than than what's being put out there, at least by all the marketing spiel, at least, right? Oh, man, One, one day this week, I was I was sitting at my desk. That one of the things I have to do. It, it, there are so many people claiming things in this area that that the list of companies who should have been um, um, a subject of the report is the same size as the number of companies who are in the report. So I now have sixty <laughs> companies um, who are doing some form. Well, this is this is the new software, and it's exploding. Yeah. Um, but in a 45-minute stretch, I saw eight different companies claiming to be the first AI in recruiting. <laughs> you know, probably not all of them are, and, and it turns out that none of them were the first, and none of them have AI. Um, not, then that's not to say that they're not doing amazing and interesting things. It's just that the marketing claims are extremely overhyped, and I'm expecting a reasonably strong back uh, as the as the year presses on, because it doesn't help to know that something is AI, because um, that doesn't tell you what it does or what value you get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a you got you got to really dig down, and understand the business outcomes they're trying to achieve. See, we've got the other problem in the writing that we're doing right now. As many as you've got tons and tons of new guys doing lots of lots of marketing and hype around it, we're on the other side with the Sierra Cedar research this week, finishing off the the final touches on this year's annual HR System Survey. Uh, and what 
it's a it's a hard year to be writing, I think. We're in the 20th year for this big report, and we're just past the 50% mark in almost all the areas on um, HR technology going to the cloud, which is not surprising. We were almost there last year. But I think what's more interesting is how do you talk about, you know, sort of what a lot of organizations are still struggling with is just dealing with on-premise environments and where they're heading from a from a purchasing perspective, while more than half of the market at this point in time is sort of already transformed into what they're planning on doing sort of going forward and focusing on the future. So we've got a, a very divided, I guess, audience in the market right now, um, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a challenge to figure out where do you focus your attention, on all the new stuff like what you're doing, John, or do we focus it on you know, really making sure we continue to help people who are trying to get to that transformation point? So... Um, so what is, it'll be what interesting is, at HR Tech this year. What are you seeing? You, you know, it seems to me that that the idea that we would throw away perfectly good working software just because there's new stuff, that seems a little bit too much like the iPhone business and not enough like what you do in a company, right? Yep. The, the, the idea of being in a company isn't, uh, wow. The idea of being yep. in the company isn't um, to see how fast you can keep your HR systems updated. And so, 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 do you think that you're going to see that gap close if it's just getting to 50% of respondents being in the cloud? Is that the way that it's actually going to be, sort of a, a red states and blue states in HR tech? Well, you know, I, I think that's part of what we're trying to figure out right now, right? Because the the, the people who are I think you're you're you've defined it pretty clearly, right? That there is a group of organizations who have invested pretty heavily in their on-premise environments, and for them to move at this point because of um, the investments they've made in customizations, or the investments they've made in globalization, or the investments they've made in just simply getting it rolled out, or they're focusing on other business areas, all of those are major cases for not making the change, right? And so a lot of organizations are figuring out ways to sort of uh, create or obtain the user experience they want through a lot of overlays and APIs and connecting and integrating to other systems, right? Um, and that's, I think that's the quandary right now for the market. And, and I think, you know, your, your point about, you know, are we the iPhone environment or are we an environment where you just keep building on top of um, – a stable platform or a stable, um, you know, main system or two, right? Depending on how you look at um, an environment, that that is yet to be decided. And it might be that there's a little bit of both, and that gap may stay that way for a very long time. And I think that's the hard part for vendors because they have to serve both audiences still. So. Now that's crazy, and and that means that the service component of vendor. Uh, balance sheets is going to continue to grow as they have to straddle different environments. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of the the conversations that we're going to get into this week um, uh, are probably similar in this issue, right? Um, technology, new technology versus the services that go around those technologies. So we've got. Um, some interesting uh, new announcements made from Greenhouse Software this week about um, new um, talent acquisition elements that they're launching uh, that have to do a little bit more with sort of the services of finding candidates who you might ha not have previously identified 
um, in the process in one way or another. Uh, lever has a or lever. I'm not quite sure exactly. I always pronounce it, mispronounce I, it. But I say lever. I say lever. You say lever. Okay. I think it's lever, but I'm not positive on that one. Um, but they've uh, launched a similar. Um, uh, what they're calling a, a candidate relationship or, or uh, maximizing existing candidate relationship um, technology, um, which I think, again, has to do with how much of recruiting is a technology issue versus how much of it is a services issue, sort of really understanding your database and understanding what to do with it, right? Um, and so those two organizations are launching some new um, uh, modules to their software. We also have this week um, several new startups um, that are getting additional funding, most of them out of Asia Pacific right now, and a lot of seed startup, I would say. Um, so this is a minute uh, group of a very large group of organizations getting seed funding right now, but just a, a small list of them is Shortlist, which is out of the India-based um, market, and then there's also an organization called WellTech, which is out of the Australia-Asia Pacific market. Uh, and one of them is focused um the... Um, shortlist is focused on recruiting capabilities, and WellTech is focused on um, sort of health and engagement areas, which is another area we're hearing a lot of stuff. Again, just seed money right now. And then if we get a little bit of time today, kind of along the lines of the services, um, Google is um, opening up its natural language API, its cloud natural language API, um, with a focus on automatic content classification and deeper sentiment analysis. So again, um, technical services, but you know, with the idea of allowing us to do a lot more in the cloud and um, really talking about how we you know, sort of match up our language and match up our uh, classification of things. So uh, not a huge busy week this week in HR tech, but enough interesting things to, to sort of fit into some of the topics that you and I are, are doing on the research side right now. So, so let's let's start from the bottom and work our way to the top here. Uh, who are these companies that are getting uh, funding? We've got Shortlist, who is a um, um, they look at talent in India, East Africa, and the United States, and they raised a million bucks from a U.S. private equity company called University Ventures. Um, and they have 80 clients, and it makes it easy for employers to hire candidates that are a great fit. I don't know what that means. Um, um, so so this, is, this, this is, this is you, you start with a great big pile of resumes, and you end up with a little pile of resumes, and they do all the steps in between those two things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. And they're they're, they're raising money for, yeah, not not a ton, but they're, but I think I, what's more interesting, I think, on this is that we're seeing a lot of seed funding. Right, seems to be a lot of conversations right now about seed funding. So this this is one of many that we're seeing out in the market that are like this, and their focus is on um, investing the money in in um, enhancing its was they call it data driven talent screening. Um, and automating applicant vetting um, using online competency-based assessments, all the big words that we know basically mean that it's based, you know, going through those resumes and uh, tracking uh, everything and competency oh, this, modeling. This is, one of those, this is one of those deals where they are thinking about um, 
not the degree or the pedigree of the candidate, but the actual competencies that are expressed in the resume. That that's that's interesting. That's interesting. So there's some there's got to be some sort of uh, natural language processing here to try to extract skills and competencies from the resume. Blah blah blah. Which I think part of the unique thing is that this is in the emerging um, international spaces where this type of recruiting. And the and the ability to even even gather enough resumes has not been something that's been more common, and so there's a little bit of that going on too in this. So. Cool, cool. And then WellTech. What, what do we know about WellTech? So I've heard of WellTech before. I did not have a chance to brief with them. I've heard that I've heard of you know it's come across my my desk the name. Um, so I know that they've been out there sort of trying to 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 make a, a some noise. But they've just closed seed funding an investment of one point two million um from investors um like peak asset management um they're a startup out of australia um and they're really focused at at this point on really i think getting a better sense of um employee wellness and health and the engagement that goes around that. This is sort of something we're going to, we're probably going to see a lot of this at the HR tech conference this, this week um, in the next two weeks, which is basically, you know, organizations trying to make um, the idea of wellness content and wellness activity tracking and wellness sort of um, uh, communications um, an engagement tool, and that, that's my sense of what they're trying to do with this technology. Again, not having had a chance to review it, it includes. It looks like, um, you know, rewards, um, virtual coaching, gamifications. A lot of this we've seen with something like a um, uh, some of the other ones that we've had an opportunity to talk about here. On I think Will is one of those that have have done this pretty well, and we've seen Limeade do some of this kind of stuff, and a couple other ones who have done some of that. Yeah, it's it's an it's an emerging category that that is um, uh, still trying to figure out what it is. I think so. So yeah. let's keep our let's keep our eye on that. Um, and and then the next one on your list was Google. Yeah, the Google one caught my eye this morning because you know we talked actually I think two weeks ago about Facebook opening up similar sort of APIs as well. Um, but Google particularly here is focusing on and um, opening up more APIs to their automatic content classification um, technology. Uh, so, again, um, open source or open API technology, depending on how you look at it. Um, and really, um, it's focused on ensuring, I guess, that you know when you sort of use this technology, it will classify things automatically. But you know, one of the questions I had is, you know, where is that classification coming from? Is it the classification that you're comfortable with? You know, that's a big part of artificial intelligence, I'm sure, as you've been you know, researching, is the idea of, you know, where are you getting your um, contextualization standards from, right? Where are you sort of all of that stuff about how you uh, define or explain a term just simple as, um you know, a location or as simple as a color has to do with where you grew up and your perspective of things and your biases around things. And so all that plays into things like um, classifications of words and content and information. 
So, so, so Google and Microsoft and Apple and Oracle and 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 are competing to get uh, developers into their ecosystems by releasing capabilities like this. And the the question that we have, because when when I look out at the at the interesting projects that are being done. Nobody is inventing new technology for HR tech. Everybody is harnessing something from those sorts of providers to deliver value in HR tech. And so the question here would be, um, is the contextualization tagging that, that Google is releasing, is it relevant to HR? Is it relevant to recruiting? And, and um, that's a level of detail that's really hard to get to when, when, when um, these operations make these big proclamations like that. You have to actually go use the stuff to figure out whether or not it's useful. And, and I, would, I would take one step further, which is, is it relevant and has it gone through the rigor of um, non-bias um, testing at, that we need to have in the HR space, right? When you're dealing with marketing, you don't have to uh, think about EEOC regulations, right? But when you're dealing with HR, every time you have anything that's going to slot or categorize something, you have to think about that, right? Well, that's really interesting. I, ha I haven't paid any attention to that to that level. Of so, so you're suggesting that HR in the United States would require its own service for contextual mapping uh, that that Google is unlikely to provide because HR technology is such a small market. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Or that's, and in any region, right? Yeah, or regulations. That, yeah, yeah, no, no. That's every, com every country needs its own version of that. That's a very fascinating and expensive problem. Uh, hmm. And particularly this this one because of the fact that it's not just contextualizing and, and sort of, uh, it, it, you know, the the cloud natural language feature designed to help third-party developers organize the content. That's one thing, right? So you, you've got a tool that you can now attach to uh, something you're developing that automatically helps you organize it. But the other part of this is and understands their customers' feelings towards a particular entity, um, such as a company, product, or place. Um, that's the part that really caught my eye, and I said, "Hmm, is this, I guess, HR tested, or, or does this feel? Do I feel comfortable with a, a piece of technology coming from Google that helps me understand somebody's feelings about something, right? Uh, particularly in a market where things like brand and bias play a big role." Yeah. So, so let's go. Let's go to the next one. Did you ever have you ever played Mario Kart? <laughs> I have yes, with my children. It was one of their yeah, yeah. one of their favorite things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I th I, th I think almost anybody listening to this would would have played Mario Kart. Sometimes I think that the relationship between Greenhouse and Lever is like two people playing Mario Kart. Right? These are <laughs> these are both really exciting. Uh, Mario's driving one, and Luigi's driving the other. Uh, really exciting. Uh, uh, ATS startups in San Francisco, blocks away from each other, uh, and um, they both have announcements on the street about their new capabilities, and they're sort of 
they sort of chase each other like you would in Mario Kart um, to to attract audience, and they're both growing fairly rapidly. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. Greenhouse, I think you caught this. Greenhouse released a predictive analytics set and CRM capabilities, which are new yeah. to Greenhouse. And Lever um, um, released, Lever is based on a CRM foundation. So, so, so that's, that's the competition there, right? Um, um, and Lever's releases are about identifying candidates who are already in your APS who might be good for the job and, and keeping a kind of a proactive view of that going. Which really, is sort of a CRM function, but just the intelligent side of it, correct? Uh, right, right. It's, it's, it's like a lot of the things that I'm seeing in um, adding intelligence to software have to do with having these sort of orbiting queries, looking at what's inside of the database and seeing if there are matches already there. And it's just kind of an ongoing function. And that's, that's interesting. What happens in Lever is that ongoing function um, then allows you to make decisions about whether to start those relationships back up. Uh, and, and that's why it's called nurture. So you have these two um, Mario Kart players chasing each other around and the net effect is extraordinary new functionality in the APS marketplace. Well, you know, I, you know, one of the things that I have definitely noticed in any of the HR technology space, and I think that this is probably true probably in any technology space, right, is having a solid, good competitor right behind you really makes you um, probably run a just that bit faster than you would have, right, if you didn't have the competitor behind you. You know, it brings to mind the early days of, of talent management when we had SuccessFactors and Taleo. The two of them were always neck and neck and whatever one was designing or developing, the other one was putting out something uh, similar, right, before they were purchased by the two largest, you know, um, platform um, organizations in the market. And, you know, that's similar here with, I think, what we're seeing with, with Greenhouse and Labor is this idea that, you know, having a competitor is, is a good thing sometimes in a market like this where innovation is necessary to keep you sort of moving forward, right? Yeah, yeah. The teams, the teams at both of those companies are fantastic. It, it, I, would, I don't know how customers make sense out of, out of a choice between those two companies. It's, yeah. it's a... Um, it's an extraordinary situation, actually. Well, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, I think about some of the markets that have are, you know, slowed down a little bit, not growing quite as fast. Learning management system is a space like that where we're, we're seeing a you know, sort of less shift and less movement and, and more sort of stable um, numbers. And I think a lot of that in that case is that, you know, when one or two of the major players who are always sort of vying for the top um, spot – um, have gone away, and then you get a someone who has basically gotten the top spot as far as either content like some total and Skillsoft did right um, when they you know made their final combination or in functionality like Cornerstone did on the learning management system side right um, it it makes it much harder to keep competing when you don't have that you know 
vying for the top spot as much. And so hopefully greenhouse and labor will continue to compete because it seems to be doing a good job at, at always ensuring they're sort of putting something new out in the market on a, on a pretty regular basis. So you had, a, you had a piece deep down in the noise about a Pizza Hut manager telling <laughs> uh, telling employees that they couldn't leave when the hurricane was coming or something like that. What's what's that all about? Yeah, so so and 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 you know I'm laughing here because you know sometimes when you're looking for topics that that will be of value to the HR tech space, um, you, the 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 jump you make or you might call um, you know a little bit of a stretch. But this one really caught my eye. One because you know obviously I'm here in North Carolina. We're getting the next uh, round of hurricanes. Obviously our thoughts to go out to everyone in Puerto Rico who. Um, uh, is dealing with um, the the second round of hurricanes that we're getting here in this area, but you know the thought of having a an employee or a manager, or anyone underneath a brand that I'm associated with, right, uh, post a notice that someone could not leave because um, while I, you know we were in the middle of evacuation and, and the the governor had even said to evacuate, right. Um, just seemed to me like there was a breakdown in communication somewhere and a breakdown. And, and that to me is a very technical conversation these days because when we think about all the variations of ways that we communicate with our employees, the technical way is the probably the most rapid and, and the most critical. And, and we've been talking a lot about how HR's role is to own and sort of manage and sort of be that central place for um, technology that has to do with communications with employees. And obviously, this was a posted piece of paper on a door <laughs> that someone took a picture of and then put up on Facebook um, about why employees couldn't leave. And I was just thinking, could that manager have gotten a better message maybe from someone someplace higher up in the Pizza Hut uh, region and what is HR's role when it comes to a lot of this disaster planning and making sure that their managers are trained and appropriately communicated with around it. And that's where that came from. So I don't know. Well, um, yeah. That, yeah. Well, hang on, because what's coming, I, I, I've just been writing the section in the report about how to think about the actual cost of having a bot do some of your HR stuff for you. And, and so if you're going to have a bot that gives insight about benefits and employment practices, you have to be able to anticipate a problem like this because the bot is going to get a phone call or a text message or a query from a web browser that says, what's our policy with a Category 5 hurricane is threatening my house? Um, <laughs> and so, that require so, people to come into work, and 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 if they don't know that they'll lose their job, which is what this manager did, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So part of part of what's starting to happen with with the next generation of technology is it's forcing people to think out in more detail what their policies are in situations like this, because you have to be able, in order to field an automated service. You have to be able to anticipate all of the questions and have answers for them. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, this is a really great example of why it's going to be challenging to deploy broad spectrum HR bots to handle call center kinds of problems. Well, and and I and I think it goes back, and in some cases, you know, a lot of this is a an, an environment that's heavily franchised. But even in a franchise environment, when you've got something where you're doing brand management, right? Um, 
that central communication role seems to be growing a lot more rapidly. Um, and one of the things I know that we're we're looking at this year in in the CRC to research is, you know, what things connect or are highly correlated with some of our critical areas like top performing organizations from a financial perspective. And it was interesting to find that centralized processes, particularly centralized processes around communication, seem to be highly connected or correlated with top performing organizations and not a lot else, right? Like not a lot of things that you would expect to be correlated are correlated, but definitely centralizing many of the processes in HR seem to be a big part of um, those type of organizations. Um, whether or not this is a case where centralization of messaging would have helped or making sure that they have that messaging in some technical format would have helped um, in a franchised environment, I'm not sure, but I would think that it would go a long way And in an environment like this where maybe they could have said at least we put forward the information they needed versus them putting their own information out there, right? Right. Cool. So we have come through our half hour. Um, thanks for doing this again. It's always wonderful to catch up and, and bat around the latest news in HR technology. Yeah, it'll probably be a little lean this next week or two, as we know that many of the organizations are getting ready for their big launch announcements in October. Um, but I'm sure come October, we will have a ton of new uh, things going on in the HR tech space to share with everybody. It's going to be a busy season. Yeah, I, I think I think we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, anyhow, let's check in next week. And it was great for you to be here, Stacy. It was great for you to be listening in, folks out in Radio Land. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone.